Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK, sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. So let me get this straight. Um, you have two 13 and 0 teams. One in the non-conference played LSU, and the other one played Bowling Green. Hmm. Interesting. Why bother playing anybody? All right. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at. Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, boat, motorcycle, RV. They'll do everything they can to save you money. Maybe it's bundles in where they're allowed to. Maybe go over state lines, whatever. And... Customer service means everything for the great people at Purdy Insurance. Great, by the way, great to see Steve Engel and the Chief Dave Ritchie on uh, Saturday. It's all at Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Todd, take a moment and introduce yourself to the audience. My name is Todd Hummel. If you do know me, I've worked at the Daily Item newspaper in Sunbury for 31 years. And also, actually, you mentioned the Chief. The Chief and I did Lewisburg football for four years at the beginning of this decade before old Greg Wetzel. Yeah. <laughs> old Greg Wetzel. Ooh. Now, that was O-L-E, Ooh. not O-L-D. Ooh. Okay, I was going to say, like, that, <laughs> that you're skirting a line. <laughs> hey, when I, when I first started at the paper, Greg kept uh, stats for the football for the Lewisburg football team while his brother was the head coach. So I've known Greg a long time, too. Good, good man. It's great to have you on board. We're going to have a lot of fun conversations here, which I'm looking forward to very much. I hope I can carry my load. (laughs) Oh, easy. Easy. You're already already carrying me. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, we were talking about the, you know, the Florida State situation. We know Jordan Travis is out. So we know the Florida State team that went through LSU and Orlando. That was on a neutral field in Orlando. Orlando's sort of neutral. Uh, and went through a an ACC season that included a win at Clemson, beating Duke, beating Louisville in the championship game. But they aren't the same team without him, and I say that with all due respect to the other two quarterbacks, Rodemaker and the freshman that played on Saturday night. Great defense, great running back. Couple Wilson and Keon Coleman are two terrific wide receivers. But they're not the same team. And then there's Alabama. Ty, this is something I've talked about many times. Excuse me. That I think is a mistake that a lot of people in this business make, especially the talk show business, where 
excuse me, too much is done in generalities. When you start a season, especially in high school or college, it's an all-new team. All new. Oh, you are going to have holdovers, but veterans leave, freshmen or transfers come in, it changes the atmosphere, the culture, the everything uh, that you have in place, and every team is an entity unto itself. Russ Rose taught me that many, many years ago. They won four straight national championships. He says, I over and over and over again, I tell every team, what you did last year means nothing now. He says, you're starting zero and zero. And that's what I see with Alabama, Georgia. Now, Georgia finally lost a game. But that's not the same Georgia team that won last year. In fact, I have said on the show, Todd, I think this is one of Kirby Smart's better coaching jobs because he doesn't have the same level of talent he had the last two years, and he still got them to this point, and I give him a lot of credit for that. Yeah. I, 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 I see that, and, you know, they, they dealt with Brock Bowers' injury as well through most of the middle of the season. I, I just, you know, again, I go back to I, I really think there's probably six, seven deserving teams for four spots, and, you know, yes. I, I, it's – Somebody wasn't going to be happy. I just find it hard to believe that, again, that, you know, an undefeated team for a Power 5 conference didn't get in. But, you know, and, and you know, you got to feel awful for Jordan Travis just, just because sure it do. seems like, you know, through no fault of his own, this is kind of being thrown at, thrown at his feet. You know, he, I mean, he can't help he got hurt. Right. Right. No, exactly. And it is what it comes down to. They're a different team without him. Funny element about this is is that early in his career, those fans booed him. Oh, right? Like, okay, great. Now it's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. the same guy was booing him? I really don't want to hear from you. Um, but that's um, – he is very talented, loved watching him play. You know, certain guys have, like uh, – I think you know what I mean here. Like, they have that look. Yes. When you watch them, they say they have that look. I thought Jordan Travis this year – not saying every year, but this year had that look. Like when he went back, you knew something was going to happen in a positive way. Um, so defense is great. Running back's terrific. Wide receiver's terrific. Offensive line, good. Not great, but good. Uh, but without him at quarterback, uh, it's a big problem. And, again, this all goes back to the alliance. If they had a 12-team playoff this year like they were supposed to, until those three got together and kind of threw a wrench into everything for no reason whatsoever. I still can't figure out their reasoning behind what they did, those three. Uh, one's now with the Chicago Bears. Uh, you know, that ought to tell you something. Uh, not even there to. Fired too. No, well, no, you know, Kalyovkov's going to lose his job because no. there is no Pac 12. Uh, Jim Phillips is still there. You know they're they're the guys behind this. Why they're not going with twelve teams this year? Penn State should be getting ready to play Ohio State and Columbus again in a rematch. Because in a twelve-team playoff, that's who they'd be playing. Uh, Liberty would be playing at Florida State, not Oregon. So Liberty would be playing at Doe Campbell against Florida State. Uh, the only thing Florida State would have missed out on would have been a first-round bye. Ole Miss would have been playing Oregon out at Autzen. 
And Missouri would have been playing. Missouri play. Um, let's Texas. see. I'm sorry. Liberty would have played at Florida State. Georgia would have been hosting Old Miss again. Penn State would have been at Ohio State. Missouri would have been playing against. Um, trying to think who the 8 9 would be. Because um, Ohio State's 7. Uh, Missouri would have been playing against. Yeah, didn't matter. But that's who they would have been playing against. Yeah, if they had the 12 team playoff. And the 12 team playoff should have been in place now. And, I, you know, you can't always sit there and ask to be grateful. Well, at least we're going to have it. Please. No. Uh, it should have been done. This is a, this is a lack of leadership. The NCAA, to its credit, leads the league in a lack of leadership. I mean, they're O for life in court, and all they do is kick cans down the road, and they don't lead. Uh, now, this is a college football playoff issue, but it was the conference commissioners, these three, that got in the way of what was going on. Now, none of the three happened to be on the four-member committee. The four-member committee were Bob Bowlesby of the Big 12, Greg Sankey, SEC, Craig Thompson, the former commissioner, who was the commissioner at the time of the Mountain West, and Jack Swarbrick of Notre Dame were the four. Well, they came up with what I thought was a good idea of 12, which I think is expandable to 16 at some point where everybody's playing. But that's a different conversation down the road. And these guys kicked, these three guys got together as an alliance and kicked the can down the road because they needed all the conference commissioners to approve it. And they wouldn't approve it. And now, you know, Jim Phillips is sitting there. Look, he's culpable. He's one of the guys that got involved in this thing. And his team, Florida State, is not in it when a 12 team playoff would have made sure they were in it. And they would have been playing Liberty, of which they would have been a massive double digit favorite at home. And that, that to me, is that's where it comes down to. And this is, again, one of the important elements of doing this job. And uh, Jack Ham and I were talking about this this morning. One of the important elements of doing this job is you have to know the history. You just can't react all the time to like, oh, this is a disgrace, bad, bad. There's a reason why this happened. The reason it happened that started the dominoes down the road to Florida State being out Started at roots were there by not having twelve. Now it doesn't. It's not an issue except that they, they would have to have played right away without a buy. That's where the roots of this started. That's why you have this show. We're able to tell you that stuff. So, and, and the backup quarterback. It's not like he he'll get a he gets a month of he would have gotten a month of practice. It, it's not. I don't think he would have looked like he did the last the last two weeks against. Uh, or last week against Florida when they, well, when they struggled a little bit either. Well, he was the third-string quarterback. Rodemaker is the backup. Yeah, he had and a concussion, right? He had a concussion, couldn't play. And what's interesting about him, this is where I give him a lot of credit, Todd. He was Mike Norvell's first recruit. And he, he said yes during COVID when you couldn't have in-person recruiting unless you're Michigan. And <laughs> – oh, sorry – uh, and 
And so he stayed. He did not enter the transfer portal. And finally, he gets to the championship game, gets his opportunity. And Jordan Travis wrote some great things about him and how happy he was for him and so forth. Like you could see, there was a, you know those two have been in the same quarterback room forever. And I give him a lot of credit for all that. And this guy is one of those guys I was kind of rooting for to do well because he hung in and didn't leave at the first sign of trouble. And, uh, you know, that takes a lot these days to do that, and he did. You know, then they had to go with the third-string quarterback, and I thought they did the best they could with it. But as you're watching the game play out, geez, I'm watching the game play out, and the longer it kept going, I kept thinking they are in deep trouble here in terms of, like, getting to the playoff. I, I said they are in deep trouble. So, um, and Dick Girardi had texted me on Saturday night. Because Dave Sim, Dave Sims, who does the Mariners, and Dave, I've known Dave for 35, 40 years. Dave had a, actually was talking to Dick, and he had a question about Penn State's offensive coordinator. So, you know, I texted that back. Then Dick said, How do you think this plays out? And I said, The way it's going to play out is this. Michigan will be the one seed. Washington will be the two seed. Texas will be the three, and Alabama will be the four. Florida State will be out. Now, that doesn't mean that's how I would have done it, Todd, but Saturday night, that's what I told him was going to happen. You could just see it happening. You could just see it happen. And, you know, I watched that game, too. That offense offense was not good. (laughs) No, no, and again... This would have been the equivalent, and I don't know how Jackson would do, okay? But this would have been the equivalent of Jackson Smolik as a true freshman being thrust in there if something were to have happened to Drew or Bo, okay? And that's that would be the equivalent. That's what happened to that kid at Florida State the other night. Uh, now you're the starting quarterback. Now, right? and Louisville's defense, so its credit, played really well. Uh, Louisville is a good team. They're not a great team. The fact that it was the brand name Louisville did not help. Yeah, I mean, Louisville got a lot of mileage out of beating Notre Dame. Notre Dame is a good team, not a great team. Right? And I say that with all due respect to Notre Dame. They're a good team, not a great team. Uh, they are not a playoff team. Right? Florida State is a playoff team. Uh, and so... And the ACC, even though the what's odd is when you talk about the SEC gets a lot of credit, Todd, for being the SEC. So they don't get dissed for having an eight-game conference schedule. Everybody else is playing nine. ACC plays eight too, but they don't get dissed for an eight-game conference schedule. They don't get dissed for scheduling a team like Tennessee Chattanooga, like Alabama does, right the week before they play Auburn. Right next to the last game of the regular season, you're playing Tennessee Chattanooga. I'm supposed to evaluate you off this. This is when the college football playoff committee is voting. They don't get dissed for a conference schedule that is so convoluted that Georgia next year, when they go to College Station will, for the first time ever, play Texas A&M in College Station. Texas A&M has been in the conference for 13 years, and they have never played a game there? Really? I mean, they do all of this, which goes against everything I think about is right 
as to how you should do things, and they never get called out on it. But, oh, they're the best, they're the greatest. Oh, well, good, okay. I'm glad they're the best and the greatest, but guess what? Right? There are certain issues here that nobody talks about, and they need to talk about it because it's not right. And they take everything and they swing it their way in advantage. I mean, Georgia has not played a game ever at Texas A&M, and they've been in the conference not three years, not five years, 13 years. Really? Wow, I'm, I'm really impressed by how you run your league. Um, that's that's not the way it works. That's not the way it works. Eight-game conference schedule, everybody else is playing nine. That's not how it works. That's not a, le- that's not a level playing field. I mean, you know, when Alabama played at Texas last year, this is last year, 2022, I give them a lot of credit. Scheduling Texas was a great move, Okay. You know the last time they played a non-conference game in somebody else's stadium? 2011, Penn State. They went 11 years between playing a a game on somebody else's stadium in the non-conference. 11 years. Were they called out on it? Nope. I feel like when we're doing this show, we're saying things nobody else is talking about. I never understand why we are always talking about stuff that nobody else talks about. I don't get that. Right? Is is it just like I flip on the mic and we'll we'll just talk about LeBron? What what are we doing? Let's put some thought into this thing. Why are things the way they are? And please don't tell me because they got Brock Bowers. Like, that's fine. They got Brock Bowers and a lot of other talented people out there too. And by the way, he's a first round pick and a great great player. But, like, come on. These are all SEC-related issues. I mean, what's Georgia's schedule this year? Who'd they play? I mean, mean, let's let's go through. I mean, you know, in the end, they played Alabama. They lost. They played a non-conference game with Georgia Tech. Get it? Traditional game, end of the season. Got it. But they play South Carolina. They play Florida. They play a wounded Tennessee team. They play Vanderbilt. They play Auburn, which is in transition. That was their crossover game. Um, I mean, that that's their schedule. I mean, really? I mean, I'm uh, and, and Missouri, by the way, is very good. Let's give Missouri credit. Missouri is very, very good, and they beat them at home. And you know, they play Kentucky. Okay. That's who they play. And Kentucky beat Louisville, by the way. So let's give credit where credit's due to Kentucky. They beat Louisville. But that's their schedule. Would it bother you if Penn State played that schedule? Wouldn't bother me. Again, you've got to be able to look at everything. And I just that's the problem I have with this. Doesn't mean I don't think I think Georgia's really good. I think they're terrific. I give them a lot of credits. Kirby Smart's best coaching job in years. I mean, I don't know how much more credit I can give to them, but you got to be realistic too as to what you're seeing, as to the whole picture. Just because of the SEC doesn't mean they're supposed to have a team in there. I mean, Texas, Alabama, easy call. Guess what? They played in Tuscaloosa. Texas won by double digits. Boom. Next. So they ended up being a three, and they're they're a four. Now, do I think 
they got the four, quote, current at this hour best teams in? Yeah, I do. All that said, do I think the four, quote, best teams made it? Yeah, I do. So I think you feel the same way, right? Yeah, I, I think they got it right. I, I mean, I, I, this is just pointing for Alabama to win it all, isn't it? It is, except I'm not so sure they can. I'm still not sure they can beat Texas. No, that's that's a good point. I'm, not, I'm still not sure about that. And now this this transfer portal is interesting. By the way, Caleb Williams is not going to play in the bowl game. Well, that's not a surprise. Right? Yeah, it's exactly. It's not a surprise. Um, he's not going to play in the bowl game. But Quinn Ewer says he's coming back. Interesting. Okay. Well. He's coming back. What does that mean for Arch Manning? Hmm. Interesting. All right, yesterday, Lane Kiffin, James Franklin uh, talked to the media. We're going to hear that in a few minutes A few minutes as we continue. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Making it happen. Whole key, key for me, Todd, is I want to make sure you have fun. Eh, it's always fun. It's just sports. True. True, true, true. <laughs> We're not solving world problems here. Well, I don't know. Catrillo thinks he was. Well, that's that's a whole nother subject. Okay, wait till we get to the rant of the day. Oh, hoo, hoo, hoo. oh yesterday did not go well. Oh, I thought the Philadelphia crowd was very intimidating. We're the most intimidating crowd in sports. How come everybody keeps winning at your place? That's a good point. <laughs> Hi, this is Season. For over 100 years, the Purdy Insurance Agency has been protecting families and businesses of the greater Susquehanna Valley and beyond. With the experience of our trained and knowledgeable staff, you can rest assured that your needs will be evaluated and met by some of the industry's best representatives. No matter what your insurance needs are, call Purdy Insurance today at 570-286-5855, visit our website at purdyinsurance.com, or check us out on Facebook to see what we can do for you. We're back, right? Brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto home life business, boat, RV, motorcycle. Bundles. And other ways to save you money. They'll do that while making sure you're fully insured. Customer service means everything to them at Purdy Insurance. As I've said before, they're great people who are real terrific pros. They're the ones to go with. Purdy Insurance, Marcus Street and Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And uh, we are in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Yesterday was the uh, 
Peach Bowl press conference, Lane Kiffin of Ole Miss and the head football coach of the Nittany Lions, James Franklin. They were the two yesterday talking about the matchup and where their teams are right now. Sunday press conference for the 2023 Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Today we'll be joined by our two head coaches and Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl CEO Gary Stoken. After opening statements, we'll move to questions from the media. If you have a question, please remember to use the raise hand feature. When called on, we'll ask you to mute your line and go ahead with your question. At this time, we'll welcome head coach Lane Kiffin of the 11th ranked Old Miss Rebels and head coach James Franklin of the 10th ranked Penn State Nittany Lions and Gary Stoken, CEO and president of the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. So Gary, with that, we'll start with some opening comments from you, please. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Just want to welcome everybody to the uh, 56th Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. We're the ninth oldest bowl game in the country, but the first game founded for charity. Uh, that's in our DNA. We take great pride in that. We're the most charitable bowl organization in the country out of all 44 bowls where we've given over $62 million to charity. We're also famous for our Southern hospitality and for both teams' experience. Uh, out of all 44 bowls last year, the bowl season ranked the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl as the number one student athlete experience bowl in the country. So uh, it's very important to us to play great host to both teams, the players, the coaches, administration, and fans. Uh, they say styles make great fights, and we've got a great fight with one of the top offenses in the country and uh, the top total defense in the country. A top 10 quarterback and a top 10 running back against the uh, number one total defense in the country. Uh, we got SEC versus Big Ten. Um, and I just want to congratulate both Coach Franklin and Coach Kiffin, who we know well. They've been in our bowl before. Uh, James at Maryland, where they beat uh, Tennessee in 2003. And um, also Lane was here with Alabama in 2016, as well as with Tennessee in 2009. So it's good to rally back with both James and Lane. Look forward to hosting you, your families, your players, your coaching staff, your administration, and your great fans. So um, with that, on behalf of our board, our staff, who are the best in the business, we want to welcome you to Atlanta, the capital of college football, for the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Thanks, Matt. All right. Thank you, Gary. Um, all right. After comments from the head coaches, we'll go into Q&A from the media. Again, please make sure your viewers label correctly and you use the raise hand feature. We'll take our opening statement at this time from Coach Kiffin. Go ahead, Coach. All right, guys. Gary, thanks for having me. Um, we couldn't be more excited uh, to be part of this unbelievable matchup and to play a great university and program like Penn State and Coach Franklin and all the success that he's had there and the great players uh, and be close to home for us to where a lot of our fans can go to a great stadium and um, be a great matchup. So um, obviously a lot of stuff going on with playoff announcements and then the bowl games and then recruiting visits at the same time. So kind of in a whirlwind of uh, things, but um we couldn't be more excited about this bowl game and this matchup and coming to Atlanta. Thank you, Coach. And now uh, opening comment from Coach Franklin. Go ahead, Coach. Gary, great to see you again. Uh, yeah, we, we couldn't be more excited uh, to play in the Chick-fil-A uh, Peach Bowl. Uh, had a great experience last time I was here. 
Um, obviously, ton of respect uh, for Ole Miss uh, from my time in the SEC. Um, and then obviously for Lane. Uh, me and Lane uh, have known each other for a long time. Obviously, have followed his career from afar. We have a lot of uh, friends in common as well. And, uh, you know, it's been, it's been great to watch those guys play when I've had the opportunity this year as well. He's always played an exciting brand of football. So when you talk about two programs, you know, with such a strong brand and reputation and history, uh, like Penn State and Ole Miss, uh, also pretty cool that, that Penn State has never played. Uh, in the Peach Bowl, which is something that's unusual in 2023. There's not too many things you can say that, if, that has never happened, especially for a program like Penn State. Uh, should be a great experience for our players, should be a great experience for our fans, and obviously the matchup between uh, the Big Ten and the SEC, two of the most respected conferences in, in all of college football. So, Gary, we appreciate this opportunity. Lane, a great year. Congratulations, and I look forward to seeing you soon. All right. Thanks for that, Coach, very much. We appreciate it. Uh, all right. We'll just go ahead and jump into Q&A from the media, and we'll take our first question from Tyler Donahue from Lions 247. Go ahead, uh, Tyler. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Um, this is for James and Lane on a similar subject, same subject, I suppose. But, James, you announced the hiring of Andy Kotelnicki a couple of days ago. What will the preparation on offense and, and the approach on offense Offense look like from your staff from that vantage point between now and this matchup and Lane preparing for a, a team that uh, dismissed their offensive coordinator after 10 matchups as you get to gather the film for this and get, get into it how much do you take into account what has happened in the last two weeks versus what happened in those first 10 weeks well obviously without getting into a whole lot of strategy with Lane actually on this uh, call that wouldn't make a whole lot of sense um, but yeah, you know, obviously, um, you know, we made a change and we have co-coordinators and they did a great job, you know, for the last two games of the year. And we got Andy here. So Andy will be here more just taking everything in, getting a feel for how we operate the culture, very similar to when we hired Manny, um, be able to be here, be around our players, uh, be able to sit in all meetings, be able to see strengths and weaknesses so that literally the, the day the uh, bowl game ends, you know, he can jump in with both feet and get going. So uh, we'll, we'll keep things structured the way they have been for the last the last two games of the season. Coach Kevin? Well, I'm glad James went first there because I didn't know much about the situation, so I was hoping James would answer, so then I would have my answer to that. So, um it sounds like we need to prepare a lot for the last two weeks. And, um, you know, we know that um, they have great players led by a great head coach and um, obviously made a difficult decision and one that was in the best interest of their program. And they've done a, a really good job the last couple of weeks. Uh, so um, we'll go to work on this and um, be excited to get some bowl practices before we get to a, the great city of Atlanta and play – an awesome matchup uh, game. If, if, hey, Matt, if, if any of the old Miss reporters could ask Lane some questions that could give me some understanding of what's going on in his program, too, that, that would be helpful. We'll, uh, we'll do our best to help you on that, Coach. No problem. Uh, all right, we'll take our next question from Rich Scarcella from the Reading Eagle. Go ahead, Rich. Thank you, Matt. Uh, this is for both coaches. Um, Lane, first of all, how much do you know about Penn State's personnel? 
Um, how much did you see of them just watching TV? And, and the same thing for you, James. How much do you know of Mississippi's personnel, and, and, and how much did you see them this year just by happenstance? Thank you. Yeah, I, I don't know a lot. I, I don't really um, – I kind of say this all the time. I think you guys – think that we watch more football you know on Saturdays than we do um so when we don't play teams that have common opponents that we don't watch their film you know for breakdown purposes I don't really get to watch much football so I don't get to see great teams like Penn State and other conferences play so um I got our early report from our personnel people that um phenomenal players a couple first rounders on defense that I was hoping coach Franklin was going to announce they're opting out so maybe he'll help us with that too and um, so that's all I know. Yeah, for us, uh, you know, really a similar response. Um, you know, sometimes when you're sitting around the hotel, you get a chance to watch um, a few games or maybe even just a few highlights. Uh, we do have some guys that, that we both recruited that are either on our team or on their team, you know, that we're familiar with, specifically their tailback. We got a ton of respect for. We recruited him out of uh, out of high school. Um, but, yeah, besides that, we just, you know, coaches don't really kind of make decisions or come up with a feel uh, based off, you know, seeing highlights on TV or watching a, watching a game kind of on TV in the afternoon while you're sitting around a hotel. It's very different than the – than the, than the uh, coaches film that we study. So, yeah, not a whole lot um, at this point, but, you know, obviously been able to see a little bit, and Lane's done a great job not only in recruiting but developing and then also scheme. Uh, so it's going to be a challenge, and, and we recognize that. But literally just getting started, probably like Lane, I, I'm sitting in a in an FBO right now, just, just landed, uh, haven't had a whole time to – haven't had a whole bunch of time to do a whole lot more than that. Take a question from Tyler Comis from Inside the Rebels. Mr. Lane here. Are, are, are you expecting any opt-outs? Have you heard of any opt-outs, or do you kind of expect to have your full full go there? I have not heard of any. Um, I, I would expect that we do, um, or that we don't have any. Um, we're kind of not in one of those years where we really have, you know, some first rounders that are, you know, coming out that you know, are concerned of injuries and, and so forth. So I would not in, anticipate that um, happening with us. All right, we'll go next to Mike Gross from the Lancaster Newspapers. Uh, yeah, James, uh, if you could just give us a, the rundown of sort of the logistics. When are you, when are you leaving to go down there? Uh, what's your practice schedule looks like? What are you going to be doing for the next couple of weeks? Yeah, as you know, uh, our ops guys have, have already got this all mapped out. We've already sent it out to the players uh, and the parents and things like that. But, again, I'm I'm sitting in FBO, just got off off the plane. I don't have those things in front of me. But uh, we'll, we'll be trying to balance uh, recruiting uh, as well as these bowl practices that we have right now that are more – you know, kind of like spring ball practices, program development practices, while we take the time to come up with the game plan and get, get into the specifics uh, of Ole Miss, but we're not ready to do that yet. And then we all obviously have finals week as well. So we're kind of still in that, um, you know, recruiting slash information gathering period 
uh, on Ole Miss, but we will we will get a little bit of work into. from the Daily Collegian. Hey James, Lane, hope you're well. Um, wanted to ask about opt-outs again. Um, what is your kind of role in that decision making? Obviously, it's you know it's up to them and their families. Um, but is there something that maybe you can say? Are these conversations that you're actively having with these guys? Um, and does that change for you, James and and Lane? You too. Thanks. Yeah, you know, obviously, you hope that the relationships that are there, um, you know, that you've had over a number of years with these players and their parents, that they'll you know, use you in part of that process. But the challenge in, in college football when we changed the rules and allowed agents to be talking to these players their entire college career, that, that's the challenge, right? They're, they're getting information, and it's not always accurate information uh, from every direction. So uh, we just try to create an open communication line, uh, try to give guys as much valuable information as possible. Uh, and then from really that point on, at the end of the day, we just want our guys to be able to make you know, great educated decisions based on all the information that's out there. Yeah, I kind of mentioned before, I don't think that, you know, no disrespect to our guys, just from grades coming back and what in conversations with our players in general, I don't think that we have guys um, really in that conversation. Um, you know, if that first round type of grade or, projection uh, to potentially opt out. So um, I don't think that that will be an issue with us this year. Michael, I think you're on mute. Go ahead and unmute and go with your question. Did you say me? Sorry, I, you broke up there for a second. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, sorry. Uh, this one's for you, Lane. I know you guys weren't necessarily sure if uh, you guys were going to get that that New Year's uh, that New Year's Six birth this year. Did you guys have a a, a watch party or anything? How did you guys find out? And, and what was the player reaction uh, when you guys got the news? We did not have a watch party. Um, we were actually just here working, recruiting. We had an official visit weekend here, and so I was really in recruiting meetings. And um, this would probably surprise you guys. I found out on the TV like all you guys did. So um obviously excited about that. And we've mentioned before um, what a great matchup it is and what a great stadium to play in in the city. So um was very excited, but not probably what you thought. We were just continuing to work and had a lot of official visitors here and a lot of meetings to do. All right, next we'll go to Dan Tortora. Go ahead, Dan. For both of you, for for James as well as uh, for Lane at Dan Tortora, wakeupcalldt.com. Just what you can say about the balance of preparing for this New Year's Six Bowl as well as the transfer portal opening, the opportunities of players going in and out, and typical recruiting, how the world you live in right now is is uh, kind of like an autobahn, so to speak. Coach Franklin, start with you, please. Yeah, I think that's the challenge, right? Um you got to, number one, take care of your current players and, and make sure that they are, um, you know, developing and, and finishing strong academically and, and giving yourself the best chance to, to be 1-0 this week or for this game, excuse me. Um, but at the same time, you better be bringing in players, uh, whether it's from high school or from the transfer portal, 
that are going to allow you to keep growing and developing as a program and as an organization for the future. So it's the constant battle of, of those two things. And that's why you see college football staffs have, have gotten bigger um, because literally you're trying to do both at the at the same time constantly. And obviously this time of year, right before signing period and the transfer portal opening, uh, it magnifies it even more so. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, like Coach mentioned, it's a big challenge trying to manage all that at the same time. There's always been recruiting in a bowl game, but now uh, portal doesn't just mean – the guys you see going to the portal means your own guys and managing that. And so you're basically managing your current roster and you're trying to manage your projected roster for next year at the same time. So there are a lot of challenges to it. That's the world we live in now and a calendar that's not very ideal or set up very well, but we have to, we have to maximize the situation that, you know, the calendar puts us in. We'll take our next question from John Sokoloff from WCBI. Go ahead, John. Hey, uh, this one's for Lane. Lane, it's your second, you know, New Year's Six Bowl appearance in, in three years. And, I mean, I'm just curious, a, a year from now, you know, this position would be in the college football playoff as well. How much have you seen that kind of success so recently of such a high caliber? How much have you seen it kind of pay dividends on the recruiting trail and kind of the new landscape of college football? Well, I think it does matter. I think, just as I said, you know, we're in all day today and after this announcement, you know, in recruiting meetings with kids and families, and um, that's pretty neat to say to the last three years to be in New Year's Six Bowls. And um, obviously we have a goal to do better this time around and finish off and have the first 11-win season in the history of the school. So, but um, any time that, you know, your players are having success on the field and doing well, um, helps you in recruiting. That is Lane Kiffin, the head coach at Ole Miss. Peach Bowl more. for Penn State and uh, and uh, and Ole Miss. That will be New Year's Day at noon. Excuse me, it'll be on uh, Saturday, December thirtieth at noon, and we'll be on at ten thirty on Eagle one oh seven. All right, we'll take a break. Wrap it up in a moment here on News Radio ten seventy WKOK. Sunbury Motors is going to make December 2023 a December to remember. Every Ford, Kia, and Hyundai will be discounted in levels you haven't seen since before COVID. Sunbury Motors Ford, discounting 2023 Ford Escapes up to $5,000 plus 3.9% APR financing for 72 months for qualified buyers. There are 30 available to choose from. Also, save $9,000 off F-150s and 2.9% APR for 72 months. Sunbury Motors Kia has brand new Kia Fortes starting at $20,785. Seven in stock and ready to move. If you're looking for a multi-purpose vehicle, Sunbury Motors Kia has seven eight-passenger Kia Carnivals starting at under 37000 All Kias come with a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Sunbury Motors Hyundai has the financing everyone's looking for. Buy a 2023 Hyundai Santa Fe or a 2024 Hyundai Tucson and get 0% APR financing for 60 months. Sunbury Motors is going to make this December a December to remember. Sunbury Motors Kia on the Golden Strip, Hummel's Wharf, Sunbury Motors Ford, and Hyundai in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury. One year ago today, Brock Purdy replaced Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback for the 49ers. His his quarterback rating since 114.1, best in the NFL. 
And it's amazing. He played the entire game yesterday. Not part of it. He's also a year older, too. And put together a brilliant performance. Uh, and that did the entire team, um, the 49ers. Samuel, big day. They really wore down the Eagles up front, especially when they kept running behind Trent Williams, going left, left, left. Um, and the um, and we'll talk more about that tomorrow. By the way, Todd, you have the a big thrill tomorrow. Guess who's calling at one fifteen? Matt Catrillo. Yes, he is. Uh, there is one caveat to that. I coach my daughter in basketball. I'm not doing Tuesdays and Thursdays for two weeks yet. Okay. <laughs> so you're going to miss out on the opportunity to hear. There's, there is a, a line between genius and insanity. And that segment skirts it. I've been here for two listening when I've been training. And you're not <laughs> I will talk to him tomorrow, though. We're doing something for the cable. Sounds good. <laughs> hey, it's great to have you on board, my friend. Thank you, sir. Not good. Great to have you on board. Today's show has been brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, boat, motorcycle, RV, whatever it may be. Make sure you're fully insured. They'll do that. They'll do everything they can to save you money. They're the pros, pros, where customer service means everything. Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Humble's Wharf.